Welcome everyone to the Holstein House podcast. I'm the West Virginia woman, Robin of RobinHolstein.com and Holstein House, where my guests get a great night's sleep at a fair rate plus breakfast. This is a podcast that looks at society and culture issues affecting families in West Virginia and the United States, from food preparation and storage, gardening, home repairs, current events, and more. We'll go around the table and back in 60 minutes or less. So let's hang out and talk a while. Good morning, good morning, and good morning, Phil, the Philippine nomad. How are you, Philippine nomad? I am Robin. It is Friday, September the 15th, 2023, and this is episode 98 of the Holstein House broadcast live, answering questions on hosting a B&B from your home, fall and winter, pantry food preparations, storage questions, and more. Today, it's uh, unscripted, unscripted Friday, live unscripted, and we just talk about whatever, really. Um, I do have a few things lined up just in case, but um, I thought we'd talk a little bit about maintaining my 2005 Chevy Colorado, uh, the transformation of the uh, utility cart, the 4 by 8 thing. Um, I've seen it listed as a trailer. I've seen it listed as a cart. I don't know. 4 by 8 is not that big, but it's it's big enough for what I want to do. Um, talk a little bit about how good help is hard to find, even when you pay for it. And uh, just general things we uh, need to consider when you're running a B&B from your home or from your small homestead or heck, even, I guess, a big homestead if you want to. <laughs> and some things you might consider uh, as you get ready for winter. You know, we, we, we want to change things around. We need to have different supplies for different emergencies. So... Maybe a little bit about that. The doghouse roof is completed, so the next steps uh, and what's going on over there. So I'm glad to see everybody here this morning. We have Mike for sure here on the YouTube. We don't have anybody over on Rumble yet, but is this cable bumping that? It looks like it is. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, oh, Rumble. Don't see anybody over there yet. Rumble is the dumbest thing. I You you go with, the you know, when you're using StreamYard and you put in the, um, the server ID and stuff you need to put in to stream live over there. And you can't connect. And it, it it's a StreamYard issue in the big picture. You can't connect Rumble with StreamYard the same way you do YouTube and uh, Facebook. So with YouTube and Facebook, uh, excuse me, I got some allergy stuff in my nose. So with YouTube and Facebook, you can you set it up once, one and done, and you every now and again you have to refresh the connection, but you don't have to go back and put in the um, the configuration. Um, every time with rumble every time i schedule a live number one i can't do it more than 24 hours in advance and number two i have to go in and get all those configuration keys again every time and update it every time so it it's a frustration to use 
uh, rumble through StreamYard. There is a different one. I saw some folks using, and I can't remember the name of it. I need to go back and look at the uh, their YouTube because they mention it a couple times to see if it has better options or better maybe maybe better rates or something um, than StreamYard. But I, I kind of think StreamYard's probably the uh, the Mac Daddy of um, the live streaming platforms. <clears throat> so how is your Friday going so far, you guys? Um, I still feel like this is, I know it's not, but it still feels like it must be hung on a button or something. Oh, it's got a little twist in it down here. That's why it's pulling the way it is. And then, of course, bless their hearts, my my podcast folks have to wait till I upload the uh, the file, the audio file. I don't know if I could. I've never tried streaming straight from my phone to record on um, for Fountain and the podcasts or not. So the Philippine Nomad is feeling and doing unbelievably. I am so glad you're having a good weekend. It is kind of chilly here this morning. I keep the house, this time of the year, I keep the house uh, air conditioning thermostat on 74. Now, I know that sounds kind of low, but the problem is, is that it's cooler outside. And to bring that humidity down in the house, I kind of have to drop it a little bit inside too. But I don't let it get too high anyway. Uh, and it is like six degrees cooler outside than it is in the house. So I have some doors and windows open uh, and the screens, um, the screens in them and just letting that fresh air flow through. I don't do a lot of coffee talk on my because I usually use just store-bought coffee. I don't I have some local brewed coffee. I beans I keep that for my guests um, until it starts getting you know once it's been opened about a year the beans kind of get weak um, but uh, I'm using I'm drinking some instant uh, uh, international foods cappuccino flavored kind of instant coffee stuff it's got caffeine out the hind end <laughs> and it's kicking me all over the place this morning but that's in my in my uh my family is unconventionally diverse cup. And what you see is feet, human feet, uh, duck feet, dog feet, cat feet, and chicken feet on there. Available on my Etsy. Linked below. <laughs> Philippine Nomad says, is the Colorado a full-size truck or an SUV? Well, that is interesting. The Chevrolet... Pardon me. The Chevrolet Colorado is the is a. Um, have, are you familiar with the S10, the Chevy S10? So, back in the day, it would go uh, S10 Colorado full size. So it would have been a midsize truck. Um, and it had uh, several optional packages. Um. I didn't get manual transmission I, because I couldn't, the, where I bought it, the place I bought it from has been out of business about 10 years now. But when I bought it, you couldn't get it the way I wanted with a manual uh, transmission. So I had to get an automatic transmission. But 
It's got the air. It's got the, it's got the heat and air, the AM, FM, um, with a CD, DVD player. And they had a couple options on the size. And I got the crew cab, which is the full back seat. Um, that because the boys were home and their dad was over six foot tall and I knew the boys were going to be at least that and you needed the full size the crew cab in the back to seat full size full grown boys full grown teenage boys so I got that so I got I it was the uh oh she was she was a pearl at the, at the time and um we we took her, we took it and got, I should say him because I'm driving it. It's, it. I should call it a him. We went to the DMV to get our license plates and I got a personalized plate and it's her truck. And I got teased because of the way I spelled it, but I spelled it purposely so that it would fit. And instead of being one big jammed word, people trying to figure it out there was a, a, a space in between the words. So you saw her and you saw her truck. So I got teased about that, but we also found out that they had, uh, that the personalized plate, his truck was available. And Mr. Holstein was driving a, um, I want to say his was a 2003. Um, and how this rolled out, I had just, uh, I had switched jobs, gotten this decent promotion. He had, um, he had moved into a different job and it it was the prices were decent enough and we could do it so within a couple of years we both had brand new trucks and i mean mine my colorado man three miles on it three miles so you know that that mileage was just driving it from you know inside the plant where it was made onto the truck off the truck onto the shop you know at, at the dealership it, it, it wasn't it, it didn't get any highway riding but uh, we took, we ended up both putting money back and, and got us um, the spray and bed liner professionally done and tonneau covers. But he ended up trading his truck. Um, mm, it's been about four years ago now. It was before the Rona. He ended up trading it for a Ram, Ram truck. I used to be Dodge Ram. We still slip up and call it a Dodge Ram, but it's just Ram now. Um, and it was a sweet, it had been a corporate truck and it had all kinds of bells and whistles. Well, he still has it, all kinds of bells and whistles. I still have mine. I love mine. It is the only brand spanking new vehicle I've ever purchased and paid completely for. And it's, she's, he's, it's got some, it's got some issues. It's got some flaky wiring now. It's uh, it's got some rust in the bed that we couldn't see because of the spray on liner, and uh, but it it the, I I use it. I mean, it's he's had to replace the uh, the engine in it, and uh, do you know basic stuff to it, stuff that it would have cost a small fortune to have done if we had to pay. And women, I'm telling you, any ladies that trip across this show, and you're still listening now, I'm telling you, if you're a single woman. You find you a man that can fix stuff. Pardon my French because I don't usually speak like this. Screw those texts. 
that work from home and 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 do coding and stuff. Yeah, you got big money, but it's going to take big money to do everything you want. Get you a man that can fix stuff. Get you, hey Carla, get you a man that can fix your plumbing, your HVAC, your automobile. Your automobiles are going to get to where you can't fix them before too long, if not already, because they're just so highly computer gadgety. But the guy that can sit and code can't change your oil. And right now in my little Fiat, my little red Fiat, if I take it to the Jiffy Lube or the Valvoline, we used to have Jiffy Lubes, now they're all Valvolines. Uh, there's a different one. So is it a Pennzoil? I, don't th I think it's a Pennzoil. It might not be Pennzoil, but it's it's um it's not Jiffy Lube. Anyway, if I take it to the Valvoline for an oil change, in my little teeny tiny, just barely bigger than a smart car, a uh, little red Fiat, it takes a hundred bucks to change the oil in it. That baby doesn't even have four quarts in it. The filter and the oil and the labor, it's it's stupid. It's absolutely stupid. Mike the Philippine Nomad, please meet Carla Hoskins. Carla. This is Mike the Philippine Nomad. He's he's one of my longtime YouTube uh, follow, uh, members or followers, I guess, because it's not a membership. Mine's not a membership. Carla's a Carla's a longtime friend too. Her her husband, her sister-in-law, good people, good people. So the um, the truck. What's going on with the truck for? The, um, the battery cable clamps, I guess that's what you call them, the clamps that go on the post. They've never, ever fit right on that truck. And we've replaced them a couple times. And there's something about the design of that truck that those cables will bump and, and wiggle and, and they just think there's something about the electronics in it and it, it builds up a lot of corrosion even when he puts stuff on there for corrosion. So I'm constantly dealing with a battery issue. Um, and even, I mean, it was only a couple years old and it, it, it just crapped out on me uh, taking my younger son to school. It was raining. And uh, so I run him to school. Otherwise he would have walked. Um, and it just crapped out on me on the side of the road. And I gave him the umbrella. I said, you take the umbrella to school. I can walk back home. It's like, you know, in front of town here, quarter of a mile. And um, went back and, and it was the battery. The battery was dead. And it was only a two-year-old battery. But we've always had trouble with, with uh, batteries in the truck. Um, but I went out to get in it the other day. It, it It's not charged. It doesn't connect good, so it doesn't charge good. And you can try to clamp, you know, tighten it down, and it still it doesn't doesn't want to work right. So I, I went out this morning, and I, I toyed with, I thought, you know, this is the kind of stuff you need to, to video and post because, you know, you're, I don't have to do this stuff. I've got a husband who can do this stuff, but I need to know how to do this stuff. And so do other ladies. And you should, we shouldn't be afraid to do some of these basic things. But I thought about it and I'm like, nah, I won't do it. <laughs> so I went out and um, 
put the uh, the little little charger on the uh, on the battery, and I looked at the at the uh, gauge, and it it kind of bounced from you know if it's if the little needle is pointing down. Of course, you read the the gauge thing in the window anyway, but um, so the little needle was down when it was off, and when I connected it, it it kind of bounced just a little over halfway. Uh, but the way it reads to me is like t lower is up and then hundreds in the middle. And I guess it has to do with whether it's a 12 volt or a 9 volt battery or whatever, that kind of stuff. And he already had that part set. That part I don't understand. I, I try and I just, there's a, a block somewhere in my brain uh, when it comes to electricity. But um, so the, the needle bounced and then all at once it dropped back well i heard a little spark and i thought oh one of the one of the clamps has come loose so i i fooled with the positive clamp and and it didn't didn't change it and i fooled with the negative well the negative terminal is the one terminal is the word i was looking for terminal is the one that has always given us fits and i i just don't get it i just don't get it and so i put it back on there and it kind of just a little teeny little you know almost like static electric spark not a big pop or anything just a little staticky sound and the needle bounced back up and i stood here and watched it for man, man 30 seconds or so and uh, it stayed right there and i thought well that's fine so i messaged him because he's at work and i said this is what i did he said the cables may be dirty again or a little loose because it wouldn't start <clears throat> Um, it's probably the battery's probably okay. I said, Well, can I? I'm gonna just leave it there for a couple hours and see. And he said, That won't hurt anything anyway. So I'm gonna go, I'll go out and check when I when I get finished here and um, see how it is. But it, it's always, it's always been had a battery issue. I don't, I don't know if it's a design flaw or just, just our luck. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. So Mike says, for those of you on the podcast, Mike says, and I don't usually say this either, damn, if your lady can change her Fiat tires and you can't, you best do a Michael Jackson and beat it and don't let the door hit you in the <laughs> in the rear end or <laughs> where the good Lord splits you, where a lot of don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Um, I haven't changed the tire. I in my life I have changed a tire. Um what I found, what what I found, I had, a, I, I had to, you guys know the um, um, Chevy Chase. Um, oh, darn it. Where is it where he's the dad and he's got this huge family? What's that dumb movie? And they, they have that Chris in this Christmas vacation is the big one that did real well. What's the name of those people? Um, darn, I can't think of it. Mike said, uh, Mike Loco Estoy is just chilling in the monsoon heat over in the megalopolis, metropolis, Manila. You be the killer for Manila? Or is it the killer in Manila? I can't remember. You'd probably be from, though, because since you're down from down there and, and um, Muhammad Muhammad Ali was just in, over there. But anyway, 
whatever character that was that um, Chevy Chase uh, played that is the main character in those movies that I can't remember. Oh, I almost said it. Anyway, he drove this big Buick Roadmaster estate wagon with the stickers that make it made it look like it was wood uh, wood paneled. I owned one of those. I owned one of those. Buick Roadmaster estate wagon. I loved that car. I paid for it. It was paid off when I traded it in, but well, I sold it. I sold it to one of those auction places and they got rid of it. But um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It got pretty good gas mileage for a, a honking huge car that size. And um, um, Griswold, Griswold, Clark Griswold, and uh, that's the character. So it um, it was huge. I loved it, but it had electric everything electric seats and it had leather seats leather seats they were electric it had you know the am fm it had had or and a um a cb in it not factory but it had had one because we found where they had mounted it it was huge stereo i mean i loved that thing and i drove it until there were holes in the wheel wells that came into the um the, the back end, the bed of that station wagon. Oh, man. And I needed it at one point. When I was married to my second husband, we had custody of all of our children, full custody of all of our children. So there were four boys. Four boys. And uh, so my boys ended up sitting in the very back, and his boys were in the middle because his boys were very young, uh, three and two years old, and they were off the chart um, behavioral issues they were they were they were really really um difficult children and i believe they grew up to be difficult adults because they are in their 20s now but uh yeah that was that was a oh, i loved that car flat tire i well so how i got onto the buick estate wagon <clears throat> I was, uh, we were talking about tires, and I said I had changed one. And um, I had a flat on the side of the road. And I, I called, I, I had gotten all but one lug nut off, and I had, the, I had the car jacked up to get the flat tire off to try to change it out. And one lug nut would not come off. And... They weren't safeties. They didn't have now the the um, the hubcaps had a key. I had to use a key for the hubcaps. But those those wheels, those lug nuts weren't. They didn't have anything special going on. But one of them I couldn't break. I couldn't get it loose, and I ended up calling my dad because I was you know I was trying to get to work, and um, he was impressed that I was able to get the car up enough to you know on the jack to to get it where I could get to the tire and get it moved. But he ended up, because my dad had has been a welder. Uh, he's been a welder all his life. He didn't always work. That wasn't always the Thrilla in Manila. That's it. That was the fight, the Thrilla in, the Manila, in Manila. But um, dad didn't always work as a welder, but he was always a welder. He was a certified welder out of high school. 
and um, he brought a torch and he heated the lug nut and he cut that puppy off there and finished changing the tire. Now this is many years ago, so he was still able to do that. Finished changing the tire for me, and I took uh, because I took good care of that car and I took it back. I took the tire and the lug nut that he cut off back to the place that had had rotated my tires, and it was a local guy here, and I jumped all in his face. I mean, not in his face. I mean, I wasn't like spitting on him or anything, but I jumped all over him. I said, don't ever. I said, Freddie, I always bring my, my vehicles in here to you. And you know that. And, and I'm, you know, don't ever have your people put my tires on with the impact wrench again. Don't do it. Because I'm by myself and I'm on the side of the road and I'm trying to change that tire and I can't break that thing. And I want to say that um, it, I can't, my, my memory on it is spotty on it, but it seemed to me that it had to do with using the impact wrench on an aluminum, um, I don't know if the post was aluminum or if the lug nut was aluminum or the rim was, there was something about using the impact wrench on the, on aluminum and getting it too tight and it seizing or something. I don't, I don't remember all of that, but I do remember that it was a big deal and they never did. And the next times I took the car in to have the tires rotated, I said, don't you use that impact wrench? And I would be within earshot, you know, cause I'm sitting there waiting on my car and they didn't do it. I didn't have to try to change the tire on it again, but I knew at that point, um, I didn't have to. <laughs> National Lampoon's Vacation. The only thing I didn't have on that Buick Roadmaster station wagon was the um, luggage thing. I mean, it had the rack, but I, in, for the movie, I didn't have the thing with the luggage on top. It had the luggage rack, but I, I didn't use it. It had a what they called a moonroof, which was just, um, you know, a, a, it was it was. Um, dark glass so that the sun didn't get through and and and, and um, bake your car but it was a permanent it wasn't like a sunroof where you could open it up and the air would blow through it was pretty was just a permanent it was a little bubble of glass that was on there oh that car i love that car <laughs> oh the things my very first car and i think i've had this conversation with people before too my very first car Oh, let me see if I see I've got some windows open here. For, I was going to show you guys some pictures here in a minute. Let me see if I've got a picture. It's not my original picture. And I have to tell you that because it's um, uh, it, I swiped it from a site. It, it's probably from one of the um, original uh, promotion pieces of promotional material at a dealership. It's it's it's. I don't know if it's right. I don't know how far back I have to go to get it. <laughs> I don't want to spend all day going back. But I've, I've talked about the uh, the first car I ever drove. It belonged to my dad. My dad bought it from his cousin, which was my cousin too, but it was his first cousin. Darn it, it should not be this far back. Um, oops, oops, oops. Have I locked up here? Uh, tick, tick. I'm going too fast for my equipment here. My windows are, are locking up because I'm trying to scroll too much. And my 
poor little computer. Well, I've absolutely got to upgrade this. But I just hate to do it. It's just such a pain. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's on the cloud. But I own a lot of my software. I mean, back in the day, you bought your own CDs and you install. Oh, it's, it must not be on here because it, I should have come across it by now. Um. Back in the day, you bought your software, and it included all the upgrades until they brought the next version out, and then they um, stopped supporting your version. Then they decided that uh, it all had to be it all had to be in the cloud, and you had to rent it, which is what you're doing. That's all you're doing is renting it. You don't get to keep it. It's not yours. You don't have a hard copy. Oh, oh, here it is. Oh, I found it. Let me see. Let me share this. Now remember, this is not my original picture, and I hope I hope I don't get in trouble from uh, from someplace for sharing a picture that's not mine. Um, almost, I I mean, almost to the person. Oh, I shouldn't say person. Can you see that? I guess you can. It's almost the exact color of the one I had too. So what you're looking at, for those of you guys who don't know, is a 1971 Ford Pinto. It is the little little brother to the Mustang. And um, of course that little, little Pinto horsey right there. But... Um, this is almost the identical color, except that my dad eventually paints it blue. And it was a blue color that matched my high school colors. He didn't paint it because of my high school. He painted it because that's what color painting he had. Uh, another different cousin, because dad had, had a few cousins, uh, asked dad to paint a car for him. And he had paint left over, so he painted the Pinto blue. And yes, this is the model, if you rear-ended it, would... Um, would uh, explode. <laughs> so the gas tank on that thing was uh, located um, outside the body of the, uh, <coughs> pardon me, uh, outside the body frame. And so if you, if you, if you were in a wreck and it got hit just in the right spot, that supposedly that the gas tank would explode. Um, you know, I don't think that, I mean, my understanding of how all that works, gas would have caught on fire. Uh, if you were almost on empty, then the fumes would have exploded, I guess. But, and, you know, that's that's back in the day when, when you could have fun in a car. And it was a manual. It was a manual five-speed. So I learned to drive a five-speed. And, and once Dad let me drive that after I got my license, he never saw it again. He bought it to drive to work. Back during the first um, gasoline crisis in the 70s. Because there was a couple of them. And uh, back in the first one, he bought it. And uh, he drove to drive to work. So he didn't have to drive his one ton. Because he had a one ton truck. <laughs> Carla says, we had a lime green one. We always called it the lima bean. And I got real slick at re 
attach the exhaust with a pop can. Not sure exactly what she's saying there. I got real slick at reattached the exhaust with a pop can. Silly car dragged every single time I drove out of Poker River. Ours was, a, oh, she must, that must be a, a typo. There's a typo there, but she says ours was a stick shift too. I think most of them were. I don't think you get into an automatic transmission uh, for a couple of, of years of that, uh, of the Pinto. I even had, uh, I don't, I don't think I have a picture of it anywhere. Uh, in my mind's eye, I don't remember having a picture of it, and I loved it. We didn't have it long. <laughs> my first husband, when we were living in Fort, at Fort Hood, Texas, we were actually living in the city of Killeen in an apartment complex. Um, we bought a bobcat, which people used to tease me and say it was a pinto. Um, and I guess it kind of was. It was a mercury, a mercury bobcat, and it was the the cutest orange and black colors I, I you know it just really was a sports package of some sort we only had it about three months he ran a red light and destroyed it he was fine I was furious and um, we ended up with a Ford Fairmont Futura which looked like a um, a sporty car but it really wasn't uh, it was a dark it was like a burgundy color I don't think I have a picture of it either I drove it into the ground I keep my vehicles. I keep them for a long, long time. Oh, reattaching, reattaching her exhaust. She took a driver's test in a turquoise Pinto station wagon. That was one. That one was automatic. Um, I don't remember. I don't think I, by the time, what was I driving? I was probably, let's see. I drove the Pinto um, even after Doug and I were married while I lived at home and he was in basic. And then I took the Greyhound to Fort Sill, Oklahoma when he graduated. Took It wasn't Greyhound, but it was some local bus, charter bus, to um, from Killeen to Fort Hood. We lived on, we lived in, we stayed in base in the base guest housing for I think three weeks. Found an apartment that was walking distance to um, the gate, one of the gates. We should have picked the other end of, but we didn't know then. Um, so he would he would walk, um, I don't know, three or four blocks to the gate base gate, and he could catch an on base bus to uh, his unit. And he did that every day for several, I want to say, um, a couple of months before we could get out to get a car. And we got out and took a taxi. Every, Of course, we had to take a taxi anytime we went anywhere. It was beyond walking distance. Took a taxi over to one of the dealers. Test drove the Bobcat, bought the Bobcat. Paid a heck of a lot down. A lot. I mean, we didn't finance, but you know, a couple grand of that car, and um, he trashed it. And then we didn't because it was his fault. We had no money saved back to buy another one. Had to get the money from my parents for a down payment on the uh, Fairmont, and uh, drove it until we come back home in '86. 
Um, then we got a Dodge Omni, which was like a Chevette. It was the same size and everything. Um, had the Chevette. Chevette then. We had the Fairmont and the Chevette. And then the Chevette to... He wrecked the Chevette. Almost killed him. Then I got an old... Um, Cadillac DeVille. It was like six years old or something. And then the muffler fell off. By that time I was divorced and the muffler fell off. And I got the um, Roadmaster... And I traded the Roadmaster in, ended up getting a Subaru station wagon, legacy wagon, had the Subaru, then the Roadmaster, and the Roadmaster to my truck, and the truck to the, yeah, I got the truck, and then I bought the Fiat, and I had both the Fiat and the truck. Mike says, you're going way back machine with that Ford. How about those 70s AMC Hoopties wagons? We had a 74 Gremlins, Hornets, Javelins, Pacers, Matadors. I didn't have any of those. I had a, I had a cousin that had the, um, oh, it was a Toyota. What was that Toyota? It was like a single man sports car Toyota thing. I've got a picture of him. He lives down in Titusville, Florida. Oh, what was the name of that? Now, Mr. Holstein had, their family had the gremlin. Um, he didn't specifically, but his parents had a gremlin. Mm. Mom and dad had, um, mom had a comet when I was little. It was red and the smell from the fabric, the plastic inside just, it made me sick every time I got in it. She had a Comet, she had, what was that blue car? Um, Dodge Dart. One of the, one of the first Dodge Darts, I think. And what else did she have? She had a Dodge van for a while. Oh, that was a nightmare. My dad hated that thing. He ended up bypassing the starter. It had so much trouble. He ended up bypassing the starter and made it. You, you just had to put there was some kind of button. You just mash this button and it would start. And then they had a Ford Ranger. And then I don't remember what all they've had since then. We've all had Saturns. Oh, Saturns. I forgot the Saturns. We had uh, Mr. Holstein and I had a couple of Saturns. Uh, a 98 and a 2000. They weren't new when we got them. We only gave 600 bucks a piece for them in the early 2000s one of them had a bad engine and he could buy an engine and replace it <laughs> but i've spent oh gosh i've spent a half almost the whole time this morning talking about vehicles <laughs> didn't mean to do that but uh walking through the park and reminiscing but yes, yeah, so the, I mean, the, the whole point of that was just talking about you, you, sh 
you need to be able to do a few things. You need to be able to check the oil, change the air filters, you know, change a tire. The, I, the thing about changing tires, though, is that if those nut, lug nuts are on tight, you know, you just almost, even sometimes guys can't do it on the side of the road. They just can't break them free. And you can get stuff to put on them, I think, to keep that from happening. Is it anti-seize you can get? I think you can put, get to put on those. But, um, you know, you need to you need to be able to do that or, or have a plan for it. You know, make sure that your auto uh, coverage includes towing or roadside assistance. Um, some of them don't. Some of them don't. Our, our auto insurance doesn't include glass. So and we're cost. Oh, that's something else on my truck. It's constantly getting busted windshields. I've put like six windshields in that thing and it's cracked now. It needs replaced now. And it hadn't been that long. Uh, it's like the slide. I don't know if it's the angle. And so the stress, you know, the tension that's on the glass. And so the slightest little thing will pop it and make it. But I absolutely have put in. And, you know, a, a, a windshield is around 500 bucks. Well, my, our deductible is a grand. I can't turn it in. They're not going to pay anything on it. And who wants to keep hitting the insurance for, I mean, I don't like paying $500 either, but. Who wants to keep hitting the insurance because they'll just jack it up all the time. But there's some stuff that we need to, you know, we all need to know how to do. And um, as the winter's coming along, make sure you get your oil, get your fluids changed that you need to get changed. I know in my truck the, um, the antifreeze needs cleaned, but he I flushed and, and stuff. He won't do it. He said... Um, it's not showing any signs of needing it. It's a sealed system and I forget what else. Uh, so we, we have never done that. It does have something leaking in the back. I swear I thought he said differential, which is a phrase I've heard. I kind of have a general idea of what it is, but I, I don't know. I don't drive it much anymore. I just drive it around local. So I don't know that that's a gigantic deal. Um, it's, a, it's a slow leak, whatever it is. But we have to understand and know that, too, you know, as the uh, as the bad weather's coming now, uh, Mike down there, I think, is getting ready for for summer. Oh, uh, my sister Mike says uh, my sister took her driver's test with our 76 Civic Honda Civic. Yeah, I tested with the Ford E350 Supercargo van. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh, a giant car. Wow. Wow. Uh, huge, huge cargo side mirrors, no rear view, 400 engine, 22 gallon main, and 17, 17 gallon tank reserve. Jeez Louise, man. <laughs> what? You should have went and got that little, little Civic. Take that test in that little Civic. Everybody complains about that. I didn't have any. The, um, the learners, the learners test, I, I missed by one. The driver's test, I did fine. But see, we had, when we had our drive, when I had my driver's test, there was a, the state police would do, you'd go to the state police uh, in, uh, in South Charleston, and they had just a little course set up there off the road. They had a couple of cross cross areas. So if you blew your traffic, you blew your stop sign, you, you failed. But this one was a straight through and it went, you went, how did you go? You pulled out, you went down, and you come to the first stop. You turned right, and then you pulled over here, and you parallel parked, 
and then you come over here and you backed in and then you come over here and I forget what it was yield maybe and they wanted to see you look and then you come back around and you didn't have the stop sign there and then you come back out to the parking lot so uh, if you missed that very first stop sign you blew it straight off the bat but um oh it was a Datsun it was a Datsun my cousin had Mike uh, I don't know if it was a 240Z, but it was a Datsun, come to think of it. Um, it was a yellow car. And he was, you know, he was a single guy. He was all about the single life. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, everybody wanted something small because they didn't want to parallel park some gigantic piece of equipment. Now, I tell you what I did, what was harder for me was my motorcycle endorsement. I, when I took the, I took the course, the course and you 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 did um, you did a test at the end, and if you passed that test, then you got your endorsement because that was part of your uh, you motorcycle license, and you didn't have to go down to the DMV and um, take a take the test again. And I almost blew that. I I I I fishtailed a little bit uh, when I had to stop her hard, but I didn't. It was the only error that I had made so it didn't cause me to fail if I think he could have two mistakes and you could still pass your uh, motorcycle endorsement and I, I fishtailed right there at the end but and I could see their expression they thought I was going to drop that bike they thought I was a goner but um, no I did fine I did fine with that and then I, I don't ride my I haven't ridden in a long time the bikes have been put away he gets them out every now and again starts them up moves them around but I, just, I don't have time. I just, it's crazy. I don't have time. Carla says, all our cars growing up were Bondo budgies. They should be showcased in a museum as examples of Appalachian ingenuity. The Pinto. Pinto had a lot of Bondo on it. Daddy put a lot of Bondo on it. Our driver's test was in Winfield. Um, we could have gone down the Winfield. We, uh, some people went out to... Um, Golly Bridge and took their test. They said it was easier to pass. They were more lenient. It didn't matter. I took I took a driver's ed class, um, private class. Mom sent me to. I was lucky in that way, Mom, Dad. If uh, if it was uh, an option, um, they would they would pay for it. So um, when it come time to go to to take to learn to drive, it was. Um, it was, and I think that point, I think that class gave them insurance credits too. You got to break on your insurance if you went to this course, um, capital driving school. You had a lot of in, in classroom stuff and you had a lot of hands-on driving and stuff. So um, it was good. It was good to go to. I paid for my da first daughter-in-law to go to, uh, to that school to get her driver's license because I told her, I said, in life, you and, and, and I mean, it sounds terrible, but and I love my son, but I know life is hard and sometimes things happen. And, and I told her, I said, you need to be able to drive. I mean, she was 19 years old, almost 20 at the time, I think. And she didn't drive. And she said, well, he can take me wherever I need to go. You see, her mother didn't drive either. And I said, no, honey, you don't understand. If he falls and breaks his leg and you have to take him to the doctor, you can't drive. If he's gone, you know, if he's in the service and he's gone, you need to be able to drive yourself. You you can't function in this world, today's world. Well, <laughs> then she got her license and then they had some issues and she left. Not like right away. I mean, it was a while later, but they divorced. 
but I still feel like it was important for her as a woman to know how to drive. Carla says, there was one lady cop that everyone prayed not to get. She failed everyone the first time. I got a different lady. Uh, it was army day at school. My mom forgot my clothes, so I took my test in dad's. And mom forgot my clothes, so I took my test in dad's. I'm sure you mean your dad's car. Oh, in her dad's fatigues and hat. I later trained that cop as a nurse when I was a shift supervisor charge nurse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Always good. Always good. But yeah, I think it's important for women to be able to do a lot of stuff. I mean, there's some things that we just can't. We don't have the body strength for, but... But I think it's, oh, I never did take it off. Set oh. <laughs> that on there. I keep, you know, I always forget to take those off. People, you guys need to remind me. Hey, it's still up there. <laughs> uh, Mike says, we had driver's ed in high school. Then driver's training vehicle with brake pedal passenger side for an instructor. Yeah. Mike, they offered that too. The problem with the high school uh, driver's ed training was uh, you couldn't get in it. You couldn't get in it. Seniors got priority. And there was always more seniors wanting to take the uh, the driver's class than there was uh, uh, available um, hours in the day and in the week for the, for the driver's ed instructor. So. But yeah, we need to start thinking about the things that can go wrong in the winter um, as we drive around and, and we're, we're doing things. And one of the big things is to have some sand in your vehicle so that if you get hung up in the snow, if you're in an area with a lot of snow or some kitty litter, preferably not used kitty litter. I don't know. Um, they make a light, a very lightweight kitty litter nowadays. I wonder if that would be as good. Because then you wouldn't have that much weight in the back. Because for me, in the Fiat, it's going to make a lot of difference. Whether I have a, a a big bag of play sand or contractor sand, whichever. Or a jug of kitty litter. If I, if I filled an empty jug of kitty litter with sand and put it next to a jug of the, of the lightweight kitty litter. It's going to be really different. The weight's going to be really different. That'll cause me to use more gasoline. So, well, we really haven't gotten on to, we've spent this whole thing, this whole day today, talking about automobiles. Carla says she wasn't allowed to drive until she could check fluids, change a tire, and jump start. I've not had to, um, I haven't actually had to, jump start a vehicle um the few times that i was in a position where i either needed jump start or was going to help someone jump start um some guy would always come up and say here i'll do that I'm like okay i mean i knew what i would i knew what i was doing but it's like if that battery goes <laughs> let it go on you because <laughs> it can be dangerous those batteries can can they can maybe not maybe not uh as bad as what I think, but it used, you used to hear stories about the batteries could blow if you weren't careful. And, you know, people get all tore up. Oh, which, which 
thing goes on what well it, you know you just match the colors nowadays most everything's color coded but if you have good insurance you don't have to jump your own battery anyway oh one of the other things i was going to talk about is this, 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 so many other things is good help is hard to find i am uh, i'm i'm at the point um so we've got the roof on the doghouse and I, I shared that with you guys Tuesday. Um, it's done. It seems to be a good job. I spent some time yesterday afternoon out in the yard cleaning up our things, getting some things sorted around um, because, you know, I want to offer a little bit of the, of the yard as a quick camp uh, for a little while and see if that takes on. And uh, kind of like I have the Airbnb here, that would be just for one to two nights, not because we're not a campground, but it'd just be one or two nights. Uh, for folks to tent camp who may be passing through um there is uh, the self-reliance festivals coming up and i thought you know there's a there's a group that i've offered uh the days before and after self-reliance festival to uh to to camp if they're coming uh, down my way to go out to to the self-reliance festival but um so i needed to get that tidied up a little bit but the, the long run, I have to get that building cleaned out. And so um, the guy who cuts our grass, um, he does a great job. Uh, but um, I asked him, I said, you know, grass cutting season's coming to an end. Would you like to help me clean this building out? And, the, if you know, I'll pay you for it. And that way you'll still have some, some money coming in because he's concerned about paying his taxes. I don't want to get into too much of it. His father passed away almost a year ago to the day. His father had paid the first half of the year's taxes. And of course he passes away before he pays the second half. And they're going through the estate. They don't catch that, um, that the second half weren't paid. And now they're in a spot. And there's some grumbling going on back and forth between um, his brother who hurried up and did everything he could to, to shut down the probate fast. And now it's looking back, it's caused a problem. Um, so there's these back taxes and there's an issue and I don't want to get into all that, but anyway, so he's worried about paying the taxes. And, um, I said, you know, I, I'll pay you to help me. And all he does is just grumble. Um, well, you know, um, I'm up there in age. He's four years older than me. Well, I, my shoulder, I can't lift. I'm not asking you to take out util, uh, out uh, appliances. You're not going to have to move a refrigerator. You're not going to have to pull a stove out. Well, I, uh, I can't use my vehicle because, you know, it's on its last legs. I was never asking you to use your vehicle never never ask you i have a truck you know i'll haul stuff out in my or you if you want to use my truck you can use my truck or it, i'll or i'll haul it oh i don't ever drive anybody else's vehicle there's liabilities there no no if i'm not on the insurance i'm not driving it okay it's fine to say no you just can just say no it's it's okay well I, my knees are bad too and now if if wayne was here i'd do it it'd be no problem because he'd be here but i can't and at this point i used the person's name and i said look just, just you don't you don't want to do it it's fine to say no it's okay don't worry about it i wasn't expecting you to do it at all i was going to be there you were supposed to be helping me but that's okay you don't have to it's all right 
Point being, good help is hard to find. <laughs> and, you know, I, 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 I was going to pain. I was going to pain. And, um, I mean, I was going to pay him more than just like five bucks an hour, which I was going to pay him a fair, fair rate. And he, he got the idea of him doing it alone because when I initially asked him in a, in a message, I said, I need someone I can trust that if I have to leave and take dad somewhere, they're not going to, you know, rob me blind or, or quit on me or whatever. You know, I need somebody who who can be flexible so that if dad's not well, then, you know, either you can do it or not. You know, if we decide not to do it because dad's not well or if I have to spend all day with at the doctor's office or something, I just need somebody I can trust. I, I could trust this person, but I, I use the phrase in the Telegram group uh, chat. I, I don't have time for whiners. Because that's what I was getting. I was getting whining. Well, I can't because I can't. Just just say no. It's okay. No is a perfectly acceptable word. Especially on a yes-no question. <laughs> but it's, it is. It's hard to find. I could, I could put a sign out or I could put a post up in the Facebook. And I'm going to get all kinds of drug addicts and thieves respond to it. Um. And, you know, whether they show up or not, who knows? You know, I, I, you probably don't remember. Uh, I don't know that I had the, um, well, I've talked several different times about trying to get somebody to help me here at the house, like housekeeping. I think before I started the broadcast, um, I know it was, I was looking for somebody at that point, too, to help. I, I had a girl work or a woman working for me for about six months and then she moved down south to be closer to her children. And I can't blame her for that. She worked out just fine. I could, she could get in. It was no big deal. I could trust her to do the job. And, but, um, I, I posted, uh, a, a regular, you know, uh, job posting on, um, Facebook through the Holstein house page that I was looking for a housekeeper. And that I would be paying, but that I wanted to report it. You know, I didn't want to pay under the table. Um, and they needed to be prepared to subject to a background check. I had three different times had people say, I'll be there on whatever day at 10 o'clock to talk to you about it. Never showed up. Never. Showed up. What's the point of saying, oh, I'll be there if you know you're not going to be there? But it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I, I don't have the type of, ex I don't have extended family enough that, that could come and help even paying them. And I don't like to take advantage of people, you know, so I do pay people for helping when, when it's necessary or trade or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't have the extended network that can come and help me with that. And it's very frustrating. And there's a lot of older people here in town. And, and then a lot of folks my age, which like this, uh, the guy who I was talking about just now that's just groan and moan and complain. He's a very negative energy person. He sucks all the positive energy out of you. But he does excellent work on the grass. And I can count on him being there. So that I, I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't have to worry about it. I know when he says, I'll be there Wednesday at 10 o'clock, it won't be Wednesday at 2 o'clock. It'll be Wednesday at 10. Or he will message me 
there's a rainstorm coming through. It, I'm going to have to wait. You know, it's fine. But I do. I, I have a lot of stuff. A lot of a lot of things. I think the British say shift. A lot of things to shift and get out of there. And um, there's just not enough hours in a day, and there's not enough of me. So Mike says to Carla, we had a drill DMV oh drill instructor at the DMV too. Uh, my buddy ex eked by with her next in line she failed me by three points okay i guess you needed 70 to pass and mike failed and she failed mike by three points he got a 67 then two weeks later i passed with just a few dingleberries with a 92. oh well i guess okay so 70 was was the fail mark and carla says i'm a bit surprised i even learned to drive my dad was a drill instructor at one point shift i must make use of the term yeah yeah i see we love a lot of the british comedies and stuff and uh, they're they're always talking about shifting this and uh, if you were watching downton abbey there were several times they said they couldn't shift something and in the movie the first movie when when they announced that uh, the king and queen were coming to visit downton abbey um mary is is caught off and saying there's there's a mark on the carpet in the i think she says there's a mark on the carpet in the bloom room we cannot shift so shift getting the mark out so um yeah shift and bend and all kind of stuff i i love watching those shows i really do my dad says he doesn't understand them there's some of my that they go over my head too but um there's some of them if you watch them uh, if you watch them in repeat and you think about what's going on over there at the time you know you, you catch it and some of it's just you know cultural because there's stuff going on we'll say political over there that that's that they know about in you know that that we don't have a clue so see now i've got to rewatch i'm always watching them i'm always my my amazon prime only has like three shows on it <laughs> let's see uh waiting for god which is one of the british comedies on brit box um downton abbey uh friends all the we got i got all the seasons of friends sherlock holmes with uh benedict cumberbach a couple of sherlock holmes with uh robert downey jr i thought he was making a third one and i haven't seen it come out yet i'm anxious to see that um the marvel movies i'm, I'm bored with those i haven't watched those in forever um oh there's a there's a uh British comedy called My Family, which I like the early years, but the latter years are just. Um, what's a couple other ones that we watch? That's that's almost all I I have on my Amazon Prime that I watch, and a lot of times um, I'm I'm dozing off to them. Uh, Mike says. Robin, we're on our own too. If I'm not around, it's just my wife, herself, and her. Hey, that's a lot. <laughs> Me, myself, and I, we get a lot done. There's a lot we don't get done to. That's why I told her I was only going to get her a new car because I don't wrench no mo. I get it. I get it. We're coming up on, I'm doing brain calculations, Mike, on uh, how long how long do the average cars last in today's world? 
and how old am I and where am I going to be in 25 years? So at 58, I'll be, um, you know, kind of up there in 25 years, be close. I'll be my dad's age. I don't want a house payment. I don't want a car payment, but I also don't want property to take care of. Um, so I, I'm doing those mental exercises now. Uh, I'm not get. I'm not like calling up the attorneys to do the paperwork on the property, but, um, we're, you know, we're, we frequently talk, not in long conversations, but we frequently will say to each other, um, you know, are, are we going to Florida? Because Florida has the hurricanes. Um, are we going to uh, Georgia? Are we staying here? I kind of want to stay here, but unless things improve a lot, I don't, I know how the nursing homes around here are and the, um, and the, uh, senior living facilities around here. Mm -mm. I don't want no part of these, the ones around here. I really don't. I will fight tooth and nail to keep dad out of them. And he, he will too, but I mean, I'll fight tooth and nail to keep him out of them because just, I don't want any part of them. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking, but then what, what I'm looking at Mike and, and you, you may be as well. Um, or if I buy, let's say, okay, so I think it's, um, um, darn it. I almost had it in my brain. One of the little, uh, um, economy Japanese car manufacturers, not Toyota. What is the one? Hmm. I can see it in my mind's eye. Everybody's got them. Ah, anyway. You, if they, they get like these 100,000 mile, you know, 10 year, 100,000 mile warranties on most of the vehicles. If we're being forced to electric cars, then what? Number one, I can't afford an $80,000 electric car. I don't want one of those wee tiny little $30,000 electric cars. Kia. I think it is it. I think it is Kia. Carla. Carla said Kia. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want one of those electric cars. And um, Mike says... They have all kinds of British humor on those streaming sites. I don't watch any videos except YouTube, Odyssey, BitChute. I'm not familiar with BitChute uh, in the Prepper Farmstead communities. Um, I, you know, I watch, I do, I play a lot of those, Mike. As a matter of fact, um, my, uh, before I was getting, while I was getting things set up here, this is my um, Kindle. It's one of the older Kindles and my little um, headphone. I'll stream YouTube's through Kindle and and have that on and have that Kindle sitting somewhere that the signal reaches fine while I'm doing all the other things so that I'm not sitting there staring at it. And treat it kind of like a podcast for those who don't have those YouTubers that don't have podcasts. But my brain needs a break uh, and I need um, uh, brain candy, if you want to call it that. I don't, there's a lot of the 
a lot of the shows I just can't. They're just too stupid and I just can't. I am so tired of, you know, feminism went from treat us equally to all men are idiots. And I don't jive with all men are idiots. My husband's not an idiot. He's a very smart man. There are areas that he's not as smart. And I shouldn't say smart, as knowledgeable in some areas as I am. And there's a lot of areas I'm not as knowledgeable as he is. But he's not stupid. And even if he does something dumb, it doesn't mean he's stupid. And I just don't like those kind of shows. A lot of the, sh a lot of the broadcast network shows I don't watch. But um, uh, he finds a lot of, a lot of old shows on, um, on YouTube. Uh, what was some of the old um, Bella Lugosi did a um, almost like um, chiller show where they're horror films um, back in the probably 50s. Um, I can't remember the name. It may actually have been chiller for all I know, but he'll run across some of those really old black and white. And I just... Oh my gosh, I don't, you know, it's not my thing either. I'm really funny and moody about a lot of stuff like with television and, um, and music and, and food. <laughs> I'm very moody about all, all kinds of stuff. So it, um, it's hard for me. To, I, I like the Amazon prime streaming. We got rid of our direct TV. Uh, we use sling TV now. Um, it's very, very affordable. You, you just, you don't get the local channels and we have to use an antenna, but we have a fairly strong uh, attic antenna that picks up all of the local channels that we need. Plus some, because there's these weird things that they broadcast now. I guess they're coming from the local stations, but they're just weird, weird television shows. Um, what's that one he watches a lot of now? He watches H and I, like the ampersand H and I. And he, um, it has the Star Trek and it has all the Westerns and stuff. And I can't stand Westerns. And the original Star Trek is okay. But, oh gosh. But he likes to watch the certain game shows. Old people's game shows. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy every weeknight. And I just, I do watch them with him. But I'm like, is there nothing else on, you know? I just never did like them very well. I'm just weird that way. And books, I'm not a big fan of fiction. I have some fiction in my in my um, library, but I'm a nonfiction person. I really am a nonfiction person. Mike says Hyundai, Hyundai and Kia, Korean Toyota. Oh, Hyundai and Kia are Korean. Toyota, Honda, Mazda, Mitsubishi. Uh, Suzuki are Japanese. These are the popular models here, but most of them are built in Malaysia and Thailand now. I wonder if the if the um, Hyundai and Kia are are uh, the we get here are Taiwanese built too, and Malaysian. I still would rather. I know it sounds terrible, but I still would rather buy a vehicle. If we could get it made in the United States, I mean, I get it. We're importing a gazillion percentage of the parts from uh, Japan anyway, but 
I don't, I don't see a problem with wanting the majority of the things that you buy made in and around you. Now I get, you know, we, we get into our conversations every now and again. The United States is almost like a bunch of little countries, kind of like Europe. You know, we're a bunch of little com- countries, our, our states. But because we're such a huge landmass. Okay. So, I, you know, like if you're ever in Europe, I get that you're, that, that you're going to probably buy a German car or, or, a, or an Italian car if you live in France or Spain. I get it. But I would still, I, that's still kind of like the same landmass, right? So you're still, it, I know governmentally it's, it's a different, they're different countries, but it's still the same landmass. I just think it's so dumb to be importing so much stuff from over across the oceans on either side, on either side. Uh, and, um, and, and not have, you know, that stuff made here, but they just announced that the, um, the, uh, the UMW, United Auto Workers, UAW, you know, busted out in strike last night. We used to survive strikes all the time. The problem is that the, that, and of course my dad was a UMW coal miner. So we had periods where he'd be on strike for almost a year, but they're striking. We're, we haven't really recovered fully from uh, the Rona backlog of and, and Pete Buttigieg's uh, magnificent uh, handling of all of those um, ships that were sitting out uh, in the oceans waiting that couldn't dock and all the uh, um, supply chain failures and uh, transportation just disaster related to that. We haven't gotten over that yet. And now we, we've got, and I'm not saying that they're right or wrong for striking. Uh, that's not a comment on that. Uh, it's just a general comment on the economy that we haven't recovered fully from all that other stuff. And part, part of the reason is because we import so much of that stuff that um, it's, it, you have to get it from there to here. And eat, okay, let's let's talk about how, oh how wonderful electric cars are. If we're not manufacturing them here in the United States, how much fuel is being spent and how much pollution is being created? You know, hauling them across the ocean and the ones that don't make it. I don't. I mean, every now and again, ships go down and there's cars at the bottom of the ocean and the trash and the nastiness. One of the things that really that will fr- frost me is that we hear a lot about all these plastics in the ocean. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's not my plastic. I'm not saying we shouldn't clean it up. Don't get me wrong. Not my plastic. My plastics are not even coming near the ocean. My plastics are all out in the canal of landfill. They're not going on a ship anywhere. But the, they forget, you know, we've got people screaming now uh, about the pollution in the Pacific. Mike, I don't know if any of that affects, has affected you guys down there, but when that tsunami hit Japan and just washed all of that crap out into the ocean and it hit, gets in those um, underwater currents, you know, and, and yeah, it may be slow, but it, it, it gets out there and it gets around. I mean, that's that. What do you that's mother nature did that, but those are human made things. And, but that's not the cause 
you know, I'm using a plastic straw from McDonald's. You know, we, we, all of this stuff, I don't know, I could just be out there for days talking about this stuff. Mike says the U.S. imports are usually built in country or imported directly built in Korea and Japan, better quality, but U.S. labor costs and retail prices are higher than in the Asian market. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if, because I'm seeing more and more with the um, post-Rona, I'm and and, I, and it may be a more of a supply chain precaution post-Rona. I'm seeing more and more of the um, clothes and stuff like at, at Walmart being made in uh, India and Malaysia and um, Taiwan, you know, as opposed to China, where we used to get so much of that stuff out of China. I'm seeing not so much... I'm not, it's not that it's a huge change, but I'm not seeing it. Um, the clothing that I'm seeing uh, are Indonesia, you know, are, are, are not made in China, you know, Vietnam, um, Vietnam, Indonesia, India, I think that's, that's all I can come up with at the top of my head. But uh, I, and I don't know about uh, better quality built in the United States. Not anymore. Not for a long time. I think, I think we like to talk a big game, but I don't know that that's actually, um, actually true. We need to look at that. We need to, cause I am not opposed to, to decent wages. I, I am, um, people need to be paid decent wages, but there becomes a point where um, you can only the wage the wage col collapses under its own weight. Um, I'm gonna I'm just gonna use I'm just gonna guess at at at, at rates here for a minute. If if someone's making fifty dollars an hour to do the same repetitive motion, like weld. What are we welding? Um, welding um, these hinges for the door. So the, the machine holds the door, the car's coming down the conveyor, and my full job all day long is to weld the hinges on the doors so that the doors on the, yeah, so $50 an hour, and that's all I'm doing. Well, now you got to know a little bit about welding where you used to. Today, a lot of it's so computerized, all you got to do is. is is point and shoot kind of you gotta but you're doing that same repetitive motion every day all the time and you want so you're say the example is you're getting paid fifty dollars an hour to do that and you want a five dollar an hour pay raise um what's that job really worth in the out in the in the world out in the wild at some point, you're going to get to where it's just stupidly insane to pay what somebody thinks they ought to be paid for a job. We're a better example, actually, of it of the uh, in, insanity and imbalance in in pay 
is not long ago, there were hundred, uh, it was like $700 sign-on bonus to work in fast food. And they're pushing for $15 an hour fast food wages. And yet, in this same county, our 911 uh, call center people, our um, fire department professionals aren't paid that kind of money. And yet we're wanting to pay. We have people out protesting to pay people who literally turn over hamburgers on a grill. We want to pay them $20, 15 to $20 an hour. Things are out of balance. And we've got to, I don't know how we do it, but we have to bring things back in balance to where the people who save your lives are paid a better wage than people who put, put a hamburger together. When I worked at, uh, <laughs> and I admit it's close to 40 years ago, when I worked at McDonald's, um, when my son was, was still being spoon-fed baby food, um, the, the, all you did was point and shoot. You're, you're the mayonnaise dispenser. It was, it looked like a, a little grease gun and it had a little, uh, design on the end of it and you just squeezed the handle and it put the right amount of mayonnaise. And so every, every one of them got the same amount of mayonnaise and ketchup and mustard. And you put two pickles on the little ones and four pickles on the big ones and you put them together. And there is no skill to that. You're not mixing the, the mayonnaise every day. You're not, you're not a chef at a four-star restaurant. I mean, it's, things are so out of whack. I, I sympathize to, with people when they say, look, these corporations are, are profiting millions of dollars. They're supposed to because people's retirements are invested in these places. Well, the president of, I, I'm just going to say Ford, I don't know. The president of Ford is making, you know, $100 million a year. The president of Ford has a lot of responsibility. Is it $100? Is it worth $100 a year? Not to me, but apparently to their shareholders because they have meetings and they have votes on this stuff. It, it's not on me to tell the president of Ford, you make too much money. Now, if the president of Ford had a, had a, a crisis of conscience and, and decided, you know, the corporate president of this corporation should never make more than $100,000. Make it so. Make it so, number one. Do it. You know, change the change the uh, the job description and, and the salary. I mean, I get it. It is insane money. But if you, you know, if you want to change that, buy the stock, get in the meetings, and change it. Who was it? Who was it not too long ago? Uh, some organization got, um, I'll say, infiltrated because now I don't remember by some um, all politically correct types, and and they changed the, they voted and overturned and changed the corporation. You know, 
they got in, they did it from the inside out. I and it's dumb, but yeah. Mike says uh Bangladesh and China are the winner winner chicken and pork skin dinner for mass market apparel manufacturing. And he also says nobody over here, the Philippines, would ever dream of $15 an hour to flip baconators and quarter pounders. I'd pay $15 for a quarter pounder. <laughs> I love quarter pounders with cheese. I do. And I love a Whopper, the Burger King Whopper. But I usually, if I get it, and I don't very often, I very seldom, um, I, I get Whopper Jr. Whopper Jr. with cheese. Mm, there's just, and I, it, it has to do with the condiments is exactly what it is it's it's i don't know if uh, i don't know what brand of uh, condiments that burger king uses but their combination is just it's just the right combination for that sandwich plus it's grilled mike says at 15 i was fortunate to stock shelves for three dollars an hour at long's drugstore now cvs while my classmates slaved 10 jobs 10 jobs man at mcdiabetes and murder king <laughs> don't be going all bob marley on me there filipino man of course it's late over there it's um i'm gonna I, i'm gonna tell you what i did oh my gosh it's 11 30 here i've almost i've gone over by half an hour today i'd never do that well i have on occasion but i don't i did put on my phone i don't know that you can see the world clock i did put manila i put manila in my world clock so I know it's 1125 over there. You should be in bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, my first job was three something hour, I think. Uh, and the first uh, the first job I had that actually cut me a check that wasn't babysitting. I was a receptionist at an H&R block, which was is a um, tax tax preparation place. And it was at the mouth of Witcher Creek, which is a mile from here. Um, I left that job because they told me I couldn't take off to go on my senior trip. And I said, I'm going, see ya. You know, because at 17, that's what you do. <laughs> but I also worked, uh, I did go to work for Wendy's International. Um, my cousin was actually the manager and uh, he got me on. I worked there for several months and um, I just kind of got tired of the drive and it was interfering with school and stuff. So I I left. I don't remember how much. I was probably making the same three something an hour over there because it was about the same time. I thought I really was big time. I was um, separated, not quite divorced from my first husband. And I worked for a, um, it wasn't manpower staffing, but it was very similar to manpower, but it was a local company um, doing some uh, um, research, political research at the courthouse with a few other ladies uh, we were making five dollars an hour to do that and i really thought i was big stuff i really did that's when i really knew i could work something besides fast food and that got me started wanting to um take uh, courses at uh, an adult uh, education center in charleston and i took uh, three computer classes i took windows which of course is the operating system but i kind of didn't really get that part at the time I took Microsoft Word and I took Microsoft Excel and it was like Excel 2 or something. It was way back. And um, the guy at the desk when I signed up, can you handle all of these classes? And it really upset me 
because he was questioning my, I hear I was a grown woman at that point. And I'm like thinking, why are you questioning what this, you know, are you sure you can handle these three classes? Why wouldn't I be able to? I went to high school and took seven, you know, <laughs> but anyway, I did take them. I did well. I got my certificate somewhere still. And I ended up on the road to working in the office as an administrative uh, assistant, secretary, and uh, legislative specialist, and on and on and on. Yeah, my uh, uh, my H&R Block is still a thing, but they're not where they used to be. They were absent from my general area for a long time, and now there's another one. Mike says, I love the new and improved Baconators here. They're huge double patties smothered in cheese when Wendy's arrived in Philippines 20 years ago, I said, where's the beef? I, yeah, where's the beef? I wasn't working for Wendy's when uh, that was the, the all-time greatest commercial. Where's the beef? But I remember it because I had worked there. Um, and uh, the Budweiser frogs, you know, there's just certain, I'm, I'm sorry, Budweiser, you just, you, you shot yourself in the foot there here a few months ago. I was never a beer drinker anyway, but I love the Budweiser Frog commercials. There was whoever come up with that was a genius. So they they just were great. But um, yeah, we could do a whole whole thing on commercials. You can you guys find a lot of those on the YouTube now. But uh, I think uh, I know there's a little delay, so I'm going to take that into account, and I'm going to start winding down. Um, so uh, it's uh, it is Friday and I I've had fun. I'm glad that Carla and Mike were able to chime in. I'm sorry there was nobody hollering at me over on the um, the rumble. I, for those of you who wonder, I I sometimes say the Facebook because Betty White, the great late great Betty White, used to say the Facebook, and I thought that was just too cool. Mike says, American fast food chain meals here are very small. Well, you know, there's not much land down there. <laughs> you are an island. You are an island. I want to have you get down there one of these times. I have to get my I have to get my passport renewed to do that. And I have to have somebody watch the chickens. But I'd like to do a little bit of traveling before my days are are confined to uh a, a, a waiting a waiting for God style. That's what I that's what, <laughs> that's why I like that old uh, British comedy show Waiting for God. I think it ended uh, in the early 80s uh, and um, there was like five seasons was about all it was and <clears throat> it's set in a it's not a nursing home because you're not allowed to be sick to be there. It's a retirement home, retirement village. And Mr. Holstein has on occasion commented that uh, he'd like to retire to a retirement village. And uh, um, yeah, I get it. I get it. And some of the ideas is, would be great. Aloha, mahalo, Carla and Robin and everyone else out there in the interweb land. You have a good night, Mike, the Philippine nomad. And I will see you again online somewhere, I'm sure. Get some rest. Um, we will do this again on Tuesday. Good Lord willing and the creek don't rise. And we'll be a little more structured. I think Fridays is kind of just, you know, laid back. But maybe I'll have an update. I was going to talk a little bit about the um, um, 
the trailer that I was working on. Maybe I'll have a good update. I did post a little bit of a, just a short, like, you know, a four or five minute video on the YouTube. And I think it goes up, uh, it's either already went up or it goes up tomorrow, um, on that. And I'm just trying to make it a cute little project if I can. And, um, but yeah, Mike says my sister out in Bakersfield will visit us as soon as she renews her blue passport. Yes. Yes. Mine expired during the Rona. And we never actually, well, I used mine in high school, but uh, Mr. Olstein, we both went and of course I renewed mine and he got his and we just never took him anywhere. We had some plans and, uh, you know, you know, plans. Uh, we decided to do other things. So, but I am going to go. Um, 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 um. I'm going to say goodbye now at this point and I am going to uh, not read anymore. So if I miss it, Mike, I'm sorry. I'm going to roll this over here and get ready to hit the outro music. Give myself a couple more seconds for everybody to hear me and know that that's what I'm about to do. And I do appreciate you uh, being here today with us. And if you have watched this on the replay, please comment. Say, I saw this on the replay and I liked it. I didn't like it. I would like to discuss when are you doing this? Ask a question, make a comment. It'll be great. It'll be great. And we will check in later. And you guys have a great weekend. And with that, I'm going to call it. Take care and we'll see you again on Tuesday. So there you have it. Post your comments, do all that boosting, liking, sharing, thumbs up, and stuff that helps spread the word and poke the algorithms. Follow me on most of the big social media platforms and look for my name, Robin Holstein, or Holstein House. Till next time, bye-bye.